0: Welcome to the Mood Podcast and the next part of our episode hosting Joey L, the wonderfully inspirational portrait photographer. In this second half, we talk a little more comprehensively about his business philosophies, his processes on location, his equipment, social media, and the future of photography, both in its opportunities and risks. So strap in, enjoy. Um, how do you, how do you set your, your shoots up? I mean, okay, if we were to talk specifically about Ethiopia and the tent that I've obviously seen a lot of what you've been posting about that and, and heard a, a lot about you talking about it and it, on, on the outside, it seems quite a simple function yeah. in terms of, you know, makeshift studio in the middle of wherever.
1: Yeah. yeah natural light.
0: What is, talk to, talk to me and the, the viewers about kind of how you go from, joey sat on the sofa to getting one of your most revered shots right. in you know in the book or, or elsewhere what is what is that process certainly on set or, mm-hmm. or on location what happens how do you set it up and then what's the process of of the shoot itself
1: uh is is there a specific uh, a specific specific is, is there a specific example no is there a specific uh like photo like from the ethiopia book or you mean commercial work or anything
0: a- anything? I mean, your most recent every, work is every, probably probably different. relevant um, because okay, it's okay. kind of your 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 most recent the processes, I guess. Yeah. Um. Maybe let's talk about the. I- I've got an example actually. Okay. Before we before we talk, in your one of my most one of my favorite images. Well, actually, the other one is the NFT I got from you. Absolutely incredible panoramic image back in 2008. I think one of your first shots. But the other one I picked out from the book was of a of a shepherd camel herder right who was dragging a trail of of camels and i think when you posted it on social media if i remember rightly you attached a bts a bts shot with it mm-hmm. and what i love about your work is it looks so simple in terms of one light setup you know natural light balancing the two
1: Ah, uh, the gentleman walking there. that's it and you were kind of in, in offered, kind of yeah yeah and that, and, and then i'm walking with yeah it, there's two of those. There's like the carry you place, the Alfar place, but it's both the same kind of style. Like for that place, um, I believe you're talking. Is it the salt mining photo? No. Are they carrying bricks of salt?
0: Uh, yes. I want to say yes. Okay. One guy at the front, pull it. Pull yeah. It. So like
1: that guy I've already been with all day long. He's um okay. He's um, I so. We'll put it up on screen. In the, in the- yeah, if it's, I hope it's what I'm thinking of, but it's okay. Um, there's a wide shot and then there is um, a close up shot of the camel caravans that mine salt in the Afar region. Uh, it's still a commodity in Ethiopia that they can sell across the whole country. And I love it because it like reminds me of the old days when there are different kinds of currencies. You know, you could deal in mm-hmm. salt, you mm-hmm. could deal in gold, you can deal in the taler. Anyway, um, At that point, I'd already set up my tent there. Uh, I think it was like a day or two before. I remember when I took that portrait, I was like really sick from heat heat um, exhaustion. I didn't drink enough water. It's the hottest place on earth in the Afar zone. So I had like been there a few days before I like got sick and came back. I was kind of like there over the course, I think maybe three or four days or so. I forget the distance of those two photos. You can check the exit data and see. But I had already like, been with them they're mining salt and they're gonna go on the road okay so um all the aerial stuff is just them mining salt in the way that it looks it's quite easy to get something striking there because it's like a beautiful salt flat lake everything looks good no don't matter what but that portrait is lit with a flash Mm -hmm. when he's walking with his camel so he already knows what i'm there and i'm not trying to create Something that's like a fake walking shot, or something, where it's like you don't feel my presence as a photographer. In fact, I want to elevate this to look more like a painting using a flash. So I will explain to him what I am gonna do. Is like, like let's walk t- together. Don't mind me. It's gonna be weird. We'll like try to keep up with you, and I will literally walk beside him. And I had my friend Nebu with the flash, just literally photographing him on a very low power as he walks. And then we got to the end of the salt lake. Okay. said goodbye. And then, uh, one day later we found him on the road as we were going by and we saw how far he had made it because he was taking the same road that we were. Wow. Um, and I was able to show him even like something mocked up that I had done like a double page spread of the wide shot and that. So that's kind of how, how I see it is, you know, obviously for a portrait, there's a level of control and you're going in there and yeah, you are setting stuff up to a degree because it's a, it's a portrait. But at the same time, like those are his camels. That's the stuff that he's mined. That is his place. That is where he's walking. So my work is kind of the balance of those things, like the real, but also like me making a portrait in that environment. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, so there'll be a balance. Another example of that is the is the crocodile hunter shot. Mm-hmm. So there's the Vice documentary that follows us doing that, me going on the hunt with them nights for uh, in a row. But the photo that's in the book is not exactly an action shot because that takes place at night. Instead, what they did was when they hunted this thing, uh, they kept it in the hunting camp and slept beside it actually at night, and then they moved it to the village in the morning to like cut up and distribute to all the families so the portrait that i took of the crocodile hunters the guy that i was with who uh spotted it um but it is during when they're moving it from this place to that place portrait in the middle of it right so he's holding it and it's an environmental portrait but like that's not a hunting photo yeah right that's a portrait
0: yeah but that's what i like is that the balance between kind of pure documentary style photo right, in in the moment in the action yeah. with the more of a fine art kind of approach to to, to an image and i'm just
1: remembering back like i have I, the, the the hunter's name is morius i also have photos of him holding his fish in the, like the same kind of thing he's by his fishing nets he's in the low water from maybe a year before okay right when i when we were doing something else so it's like when it when we finally got that thing he's already used to what I'm doing so he's like oh it's like that thing that I did before so that's not in the book that's not in the photo that's too much the same but mm-hmm. that's just like a level of involvement and doing things the same amount of time where I think you really can get a very authentic and you know kind of trusting uh, sense with people from just being there multiple times across a long period of time yeah you don't have to it it doesn't have to be in every single portrait but when it comes to something very very complicated or literally you're risking your life together right you can make things like that that i think are some of the heavy hitting images in the book that really make people stop and go wow it's not i got lucky that day of course we got lucky because they managed to like hunt this thing when I was there. Yeah,
0: what was it four nights in a row you didn't get anything? What was
1: it? Yeah, there's that, but also there's like the years before right, also yeah. like being yeah. there and trying. So yeah, there's luck to it, but there's also just like I know if we do get this thing, I know how we can make this not just um what the vice filmmakers were filming when we were there. What's the what's the special fine art portrait that we're going to take away at the end of this what is the whole point of being here it's it's that yeah so that's what i tried to achieve with that portrait but many things inside the book there's a level of construction there's there's a level of setting up but they don't feel that way because they're the real people doing their real thing in the environment um so there's truth to it as well it's like a painting
0: yeah and i i get that I used to get it more than I do now. Now, my my the audience that I do have kind of understand my style as well, um, and understand that nearly every shot is set up, set up however you know whatever level of setting up you, you can call it. But every photo is usually that person within their own environment or doing something that they normally do. It's just. We're kind of interrupting that a little bit to well, just—they're aware
1: of the camera. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And people who pretend that people are not aware of cameras are also lying. Yeah, setting stuff up. Yeah, pretending not to be there. Yeah. When clearly, if you have a huge camera, someone's going to notice you and act different. So even I would argue, kind of like purist point-and-shoot stuff, where someone pretends to not be there, it's almost certainly the case that the subject like acknowledges that someone's there. So it's the same thing in my view.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And when, when those purists also can, I I get this as well, like will critique editing or overhanded editing or what they would conceive as too much editing or any editing at all is bad. It's like, well, you're editing as soon as you pick up a camera.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: You know, it's like you're not a true documentary photographer, whatever you want to call yourself. Like you're, you're choosing what you put in that camera. Exactly. Yeah. So that kind of, doesn't matter. Anyway. I
1: also don't recall when I was born like agreeing to those rules to live in this world. <laughs> yeah. It's right? just right. Did, did I some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. did I sign something? Yeah. Did I sign something that like made me part of this cuz like I don't know if I like that. Yeah. I don't think I want to be there. I, I don't want to live in that world. But we all so have I, I don't we, choose we all
0: it. have uh, a level of judgment. <laughs> I mean you talked about you mentioned the words, you know, meaningful photography and and good I I don't think that's just what I like. Yeah, other I people like yeah,
1: something else, and yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. That, yeah, we shouldn't all like the yeah. same
0: things. Yeah, but there is some shit out there.
1: Some people like shit. <laughs> some yeah, people. True. Some people think I'm shit. That's do fine.
0: You, well, going to actually going to be my next question. Do you get? Even I think I'm shit. Do you get, most get any critique? Do you, do you? I, do I you, think I'm shit most of the time. Wow, well, we all do. But right. Not that we all think you're shit. Just we all think.
1: I of course I get critique. Like every, every artist should. It's normal.
0: Yeah, but I mean by. I mean, like not constructive critique, not like an artist, artist critiquing other artists. I mean,
1: I I get a surprising low amount of hate for the things that I say I should receive more, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't, I don't know. I think most of it is just honestly, um, it's, um, it's usually people like one of the, one of the things that always gets thrown at me, not always, but maybe once a while is, oh, like when you're selling this book, does it benefit the people, right? Do you pay them, okay? Mm -hmm. And I have a copy-pasted answer because I get the same question. And that's okay. You shouldn't be mad at that person. That's like a really good question, right? And I always have to copy-paste the same answer, which is, yes. Number one, I pay people. Number two, the uh, charities that I've worked for or that I've volunteered my time for have literally generated millions of dollars for these communities, indirectly and directly. So, like one of the things I did for WaterAid for Tumbo's wound, it was a project called Untapped, and it was it raised millions of British pounds, and then it was even matched by the um, British government to become doubled. And that's something that went directly to the place that I was photographing. So, yeah, of course there was a campaign and it wasn't just my photos, but I was directly attached to that as the only visual, the only photographer. In another case, um, Oxfam used the images that I made of the oil fires in Iraq to put pressure on the coalition to extinguish them. Now, was that my work? No, it was like hundreds of uh, journalists doing different work, writing articles, a lot of researchers. I had like a small part in that, but at least I was part of it. So no, when I sell a book, there's not a royalty that's like instantly distributed on someone's mobile phone. That would be great if that technology existed. I'm sure it's coming, but what I've tried to do with my work is use it for good in the world and not supporting just dumb charities that don't do anything just to say I gave to this, but actually work with the actual charities that I support myself on the ground. So even my time has a value. The time that I've spent shooting for charities for nothing should be enough, but it's not. Even after that, I still donate and give. So yeah, maybe it's not like exactly to that specific subject, but I try to do it in a very meaningful way. So, when I do receive that comment, it it never bothers me because I know what I've you done know. and what I haven't done. But sometimes on social media they can post that and other people will pile on thinking, "Oh, like oh, he's he's something's here." Blah, 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 and it'll track it. the the wolves will come out,
0: especially on Twitter. The especially algorithm on Twitter the algorithm loves It's that. built
1: for hate. Yeah. So what I have to do is just put my ego aside and just think about, like, what have I actually done with this work, right? Am I proud of it? If I don't defend it here, then nobody else will, right? In fact, it'll become worse. So I just, I do have everything out in the open. Even there's a page on my website that explains all of this. But most people, like you asked me, do I get hate online? It's mostly from people who don't do the due diligence of even just looking at my website. So if they don't have you know, the five minutes it takes to find like the charity tab of my website and like what I've done and like show that. And they're just commenting, well, then should I really get upset at reading that? No. If they really wanted to attack me, there's worse things that they could do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like your your photographs themselves can not be charitable, but serve a purpose to certainly the people that you photograph in terms of immortalizing them in in a frame, you know, forever. Do you feel like that's a responsibility that you carry?
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's what I hope all of this is. Yeah. And that's the greater point of this, where I believe in that so much that I don't think artwork should be linked with charity. I actually think it devalues the artwork. I don't think every time someone does something, there has to be any charitable component. I don't even believe in that. What I do is my own personal choice as a human to give or not to give, Right. Just because someone's doing artwork doesn't mean it has to be linked to this like corny thing that we can't even prove, right? I don't like that. I don't like having to even, I don't like seeing other artists even have to placate to that. What they do should be their own choice because the artwork should be enough itself, right? What someone's doing, what they're putting into the world, like when I see someone making work, especially in artists, I know they're already suffering through life to make that right. Like the fact that they're out there doing that means they don't have a normal job and the people commenting, saying those things, they do have a normal job that they can do. And then they like go and be trolls online, but it's like, they didn't sacrifice anything to do that. So most people who behave like that online have never built anything anyway. And the first person who will defend me, are the people in my book that mm-hmm. will, would say to them, like, are you kidding? Like, I want to be part of this thing. Like, you want to stop that? Like, why don't, like, just go ask them, is this project meaningful to the person or not? They will say it's meaningful. So, um, I, I don't know how we got got down this dangerous, <laughs> this dangerous podcast row, but it's, it's good. But, um, I think that, you, you know, people should, if they put years into something, they should believe in it right? Like enough to just be like, yes, this is literally what I do. There is a charitable component component to my work, but sometimes I wish there wasn't <laughs> just so I could be like, I believe in this enough that even on its own, the book is what it is, right? But at the same time, I've like seen, you know, very good work on the ground, Charity Water, WaterAid, what they actually do. I've like been there myself and I've seen it and it is good. So I want to help them and I want to help them with what I'm most best at, what's what I can give the most with is dollars, but also my own time as a photographer. Yeah. So I'd like to give both.
0: Also, charity doesn't have to be for those in need, essentially, if that makes sense. Because, you know, creating the art that you do, it, you know, gives to gives in an indirect and intangible way of inspiring millions of people, giving people joy and happiness. Just it through, should be enough. Yeah, it, exactly. It should be enough, but yeah. sometimes to some people, it's not. Do you feel like that's a weight on your shoulders?
1: No, 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 okay. I don't because I believe in what I do yeah, and I, and I know what I do is good. So I, I, I don't see it as the way I, I, I do see it as annoying and I do see it as like kind of funny, but usually people you can explain to them and like, people are good. Honestly, generally people are really good. And if you just take the time to explain, most of them will say, Oh damn, you're, you're, you're right. Yeah. So it's just a bit of education, I guess. Just a bit do. of education. And that and that's understandable. Yeah. You, ha- you have to do that also as a photographer. It's so like a weird thing that we do. It's very hard to understand. Mm-hmm.
0: On the flip side, why do you think people, your fans are your fans? Why do you think your followers are your followers? What is it about Joey L photography that you think people <laughs> don't, like? Um, I I think like I've been
1: doing it for a very long time. So clearly I care. And I put everything behind it and I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I think when when you've done something for a very long time, it just, it, it can, it can speak to people by nature of you still being ar- around doing this thing. Of course, I know photographers like my work because of the technical aspects mm. and they can see how hard something mm. is to pull off. But the other people who follow me that don't really know about photography, what I hope why they like my work is is touching at something more profound inside, which is the, I guess the curation of these things or the thought behind why to even photograph this kind of thing in the first place, that um, even if someone's not visually trained, it could be subconscious. That's what I really hope. but I I don't know, you should you should ask. <laughs> You, you, you should ask them
0: interesting your reaction to that question why I, I, I don't know because you know it's it, i think it's difficult for any artist or photographer some maybe not but for a lot of people it's difficult to talk about themselves in a kind of you know populist way like right yeah
1: but we i chose to be behind the camera what am i doing yeah, now yeah 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 just a little, a little self-aggrandizing here. I think that. I, I, well, I think I, that I, I, I tried to be on the other side of this. What have I done? Yes,
0: I think it was a perfect answer. Nice. I mean, I think people certainly. I mean, I'm a little bit different because I'm a photographer as well. But I think, um, you know, when I first noticed you, I I wasn't really. I was kind of interested in photography and wanting to learn. But <clears throat> your technical skills are obviously, you know, second to none. But your, I think, with everyone, I tell this to people all the time because I believe it. And hopefully, I exude it as well. But ha- having a passion about something, it comes through in in any work yeah. that you you might choose to do.
1: Oh, that's a good point. And yes. having
0: like, and you mentioned it, like because you believe in it, because you have passion for it, and that will always come through in in. Yeah. The, and it comes through in your work. You know, you look at Joey L's images. Go, yeah, he's 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 doing this for for a higher kind of reason, right? It's it's not to to get likes, to get followers, to get approval, to. Not even so much just to make yourself feel good, obviously that's that's part a big part of it, but there is something greater to to your images than than just that, and that comes through that definitely
1: yeah there's other kinds of work that you could do which would get especially in this modern social media landscape way more followers and yeah. way more likes than what I do. I'm doing like the thing where I'm losing followers right <laughs> or just keeping the diehards there, let's say so so I totally agree. Like you can tell when someone's passionate or fired up about something. That's, that's what I really like to transmit It's just things that I, as I told you, when I'm choosing my photo projects, what to do, it has to be something that I get giddy about and excited about. And like, I love that stuff. Like I love uh, what I shoot. I'm like obsessed with it. It's all I talk about. It's all I annoy people with. So if people can resonate with that, then what they're resonating is the things that I find important that I wanted to share as well. Mm. So, yeah, of course, that's that's important. Um, I do, obviously, like, you know, I am in documentaries. I do put myself and my uh, face out there, and I do talk about my work to promote it. But at the end of the day, I do really want people to appreciate mm. just the final output, which is the photographs. But I will endlessly promote it as well <laughs> to make sure that that, that On happens. I, yeah, I will try my best to just also not have it shot and just live there, and nothing happens with it. That's another thing is like mm. you can do all these things and no one can see it. That's not the point either. I made this to share. Yeah, you know, yep.
0: Yeah. When when you put your photographs out there, do you want people to be intrigued and make their own interpretations from the image? image or images or do you do you always want to have a narrative you know written narrative a written concept you know associated with that
1: no i think like my work is not very conceptual so there's not much to you know put put there like interpretation wise so i would i think no Mm, okay if i was doing more art photography highly conceptual maybe but even then i don't know
0: where does the where does culture come into it? I mean, I feel like I feel like culture today is is kind of diminishing as well, or certain types, certain subcultures around the world that getting no. Lost you're just it. getting
1: older and becoming an you, old man. Maybe oh, maybe
0: was crazy <laughs> TikTok and kids don't have any culture. That is a culture.
1: That's that. a total culture.
0: What it, it do you feel like that that will always be the backbone of your projects as well specific cultures that you want to kind of no. transmit into the future no, no
1: i don't think so okay i i think it's it's a great portion of what i've done so far and like especially a love with a love of anthropology mm. so this series in kurdistan is about culture it's not so much about conflict photography it's all that stuff is there and there's yes there's a war and that's very real but it is about a cultural renaissance inside of a war zone. That's what the subject matter is. So, yeah, it has to do with culture, but I don't think like every photo project I have to do, like, for example, my work, I don't want it to be like, where will he go next? You're right. What crazy, like, I I don't, I'm not interested in that. I want to do something that's like a very long-term meaningful project so if it relates to halloween or something of course that's related with culture as well maybe like our own Mm -hmm. uh, western culture so yeah that's in photography but that's going to be baked in if you're just photographing people right so yeah i i don't think that my work like has to be about you know a specific rural community or anything like that i don't want it to be framed like that okay i i never want to be like a travel photographer if that makes sense yep I feel like the photography community it needs a, it needs to be shocked. It's getting so lethargic and just re- monotonous. Re- just repeating itself. Yep. You know like it's like especially like I don't know it's just it's it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I I really feel that way. It needs I mean Spock. we're not going to do it with the podcast, but you you know what I'm saying is just uh people need to I don't know
0: no, it's nice that you say that because the whole reason I started this podcast was to, I don't know, learn for myself, obviously, and and meet people, which is fantastic. But um, ignite something in in this industry that was that I didn't quite, I haven't grasped yet. Um, yeah, that there is something that is like, what are we doing? I mean, a it's so just saturated with. I mean, it's a lot of it is just utter shit. Right. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Like every, some people like shit and it's in the eye of the beholder and no, but some of it is just shit. And a lot of people get reinforced, uh, you know, um, positive vibes from shit and it really pisses me <laughs> off. But that, that generally is life. I think in, in any, any, any industry you get that. So, you know, I have to, I have to consciously try and separate myself from, from, from that and not being too pretentious about it and not being too snobby about it but I think that's where the best stuff rises to the top when you are you're a little bit discerning and you realize that this industry needs needs a complete shakeup yeah or I, I need a, to or a spark. i need to do
1: it i mean I need to apply it to myself as well i I need to follow this advice as well like we all do it's just um yeah i i really do feel like we're at a great turning point in most of the world the art market as well but there there's a great there's a great shift going on and in that great shift a lot of things are being destroyed but it's there's that's always a time of great opportunity as well so i i'm
0: here for it i like it I think there's going to be way more opportunity than people think. Yeah, well there um, is. Yeah. There absolutely is. Yeah. Let's you know if I put a, I put something out there on on Insta um so a few people wanted to ask you some questions, so I'm going to I'm going to roll with some of these. So cool. A couple of them are technical, a couple of them not so much. Um it actually this is quite a good question. A question I get as well. Like a lot of your photos the subjects aren't smiling. Right. Is that a deliberate and conscious kind of decision? Or is that just happenstance that it's just a natural pose?
1: No, I'm a very goofy person in real life. Usually <laughs> usually people are smiling. I, I do like to think of it as kind of like classic and timeless work. And I feel like there's a good place for a nice smiling photo. There's quite a few in the Ethiopia book, I, I must say. Some of the dance scenes and things like that but portraits and stuff uh no because then it it, it, for me it goes into the realm of a different kind of portrait which is fake and performative for the camera so if it's a scene where it's like happening as i said there's like a great dance in kafa with uh my wife's aunt is smiling in the book um there's another thing from the south there's laughing i think there's a lot but um i guess that person's looking at my old work before i was happy (laughs) (laughs)
0: What would you say is the most important thing when taking taking portrait?
1: Uh, the most important thing is to really uh, care and to really be involved at a deep level and to really mm, help the person trust you um, and explain to them what your intentions are. Even if that makes your job more difficult as a photographer, it's going to Make things more time-consuming, more difficult, but it is going to end up in a, a, a way better portrait, in my view. Why? Because um, we as humans, you know, when we look at we 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 have very good bullshit detectors as people, right? Because we look at people's faces all day long. Even uh, if if we we can even notice AI meaning portrait photographers that other people can't because there's like an uncanny valley. So like following that logic, if something feels very genuine and it's very real, it's like oftentimes just because it is, it was like that before the photo was taken. And it was like that mood or that feeling. So when you're a photographer, I think you have to be very cognizant of that. Anything is going to bleed through the photos, especially if you're doing photography with non-actors with natural light and these kind of environments there's just no way to fake it it's just like people's bullshit protect bullshit meter goes crazy so how do you you know make an honest portrait is it just it just starts from the minute that you begin which is before photography happens yeah for sure I mean, it does in most social interactions. Also, photography is is kind of a social interaction.
0: Yeah, collaboration almost. Well, hopefully, right. Yeah,
1: and that first impression and everything. Mm.
0: Why medium format? And I don't want to talk too much about equipment because it's I just ugh, I just don't like it. But um, you know, medium I think you,
1: format is juicy. It's the juiciest format there is. Yep. Well. Um, I, I,
0: I'm in that corner as well, but it's not about resolution.
1: Resolution is great, uh, but it's very tonally vast. The tonal range is very thick and juicy, and (laughs) I just think, as a portrait photographer, you you know any um, technical um, advantage can help. Right. So it's like if, if, if you as a photographer, you really are slowing down and you're not doing kind of spray and pray photography, well, then there are certain technical things that are going to help you tell that story. And for me, for my style, one of them is that, you know, beautiful, vast tonal range that medium format has. Of course, it like slows down things too, makes the shooting process more introspective. It's not like, a click, oh, like we got it, right? It's like a very slow burn to everything. And even when you come away from a shoot, you might have like one picture that is working, right? Instead of having 20,000 things. So it's, it's challenging, but it, it does slow down things. And then of course, the final result is beautiful to print. I mean, I'm someone who really loves paper mm. and making prints and having the you know, like a 16-bit file to work with is just like a dream for someone like me making big prints. So I like that final output aspect of it too. Yeah, But it's not a bad question. I mean, technical things are important in photography. It's like an art, but there's also a, a large technical component to it. Absolutely. Yeah, lens choice, everything.
0: Well, I, I have the H6D Hasselblad, and I've been using that now for five or six years what i and i still use it on 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 projects mainly because it's not so much the final i mean the final result is you know is great in terms of the image quality but it makes i feel like it makes me a better portrait photographer because it's more of a mindful approach it's more of a conscious deliberate approach to your interaction, your scene, you're thinking about it, but you're just taking more time and you're dealing with a, if, if medium format cameras were as user-friendly and as technologically advanced as the full frame stuff out there, I don't think, you know, I'd be that bothered about it um, given the price, price, prices that they are. But the fact that it makes me just more considered, I think it pays dividends. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. What other equipment do you have in your bag? What, what do you, go go on location with
1: i have um the hold fast straps because um <laughs> the um the phase one will destroy my wrist and give me a yeah. carpal tunnel one day heavy so i do protect myself as well you know distribute the weight across my shoulders i think that's important um yeah lenses yes. I, I i would say Ninety percent of the book is shot on a fifty-five millimeter lens and an eighty millimeter lens. That's it. That's it. Yeah, and, and one I, light. I and I have a thirty-five millimeter lens as well. That's maybe I I forget what percent I was at, but whatever's left is thirty-five millimeter <laughs> wide
0: angle. Thirty-five mil on the IQ4. Yeah, it's like okay, so that's makes a like wide. a twenty-eight yeah. or something. Mm. Yeah, um, so
1: it's three lenses. Okay. Um a light Um, yeah
0: i think i've asked some of these already what are your biggest criticisms um how do you pitch for jobs um usually when people when someone
1: an entity comes for me for a job it's uh it's a unique situation because they want me to emulate some characteristic from my fine artwork for that brand so i don't pitch out of nowhere like i don't um i don't know what's it called like cold pitch i just um if someone comes to me and they have an interesting idea that's um you know very creative and they like what i already do i'll like put together some references for them because sometimes i i have things that are closer that might not necessarily be online or i'll put together like an edit of images that relates to the to the mission we're trying to achieve maybe some explanation, but most of the time, honestly, I'm lucky because I get hired to do what I do in my own personal work. They just want to um, remove some of the, like they come to me wanting to remove some of the commercial polish that's on things, but still not go totally rogue raw style journalism photography they want me to like play that dance that's in between. And sometimes when an advertising agency comes to me, you know, they might have already convinced their client, you know, what the brand is. Like, you know, we need to get away from this kind of imagery. Like, check out this ph- photographer, Joey. Here's his books. Like, this is the kind of person that we want to hire. Of course, I have experience on set and, you know, dealing with the stress that comes with a major production. But when it comes to image making, it that that part should be the same. Where when you look through my work, I I, I really want the like just the photo to be to speak on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would like that too, obviously. So most of the times, um, I don't have to like cold pitch for things. It's just there's a need for what I do, and I have to explain how we can achieve that with production because you know, some, some of the things that might take months to get on my own while well, we have to figure out how to do it in a day of production where you have all the equipment, you have people helping you, you have assistance, you have many moving pieces. Um, it's like, you know, you have all those things, but you can't let it spoil the final photo with too many things. Right. So like the artistry should be the same. But certainly, like, how do you use a production backbone to uh, increase the amount of images that you make over a period of time?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. I mean, do you do much studio work?
1: Mm, not really, not so much anymore. Mm,
0: you used to, right?
1: Eh, uh, most of my stuff is like on location. Mm. Yeah, some studio work I enjoy, I enjoy it. Um, but my favorite kind of thing is uh, going on location
0: and there there is still plenty of demand for that or are you already seeing there's more demand for going for me personally like more demand
1: going somewhere and photographing a thing that's my niche like being doing um on location assignments yeah but
0: is there there's demand from clients that want that yeah okay yeah
1: yeah, yeah. as you were saying you know yes there'll be less of it in the future but the more things become fake with AI and stuff, there'll be like more demand for this like mm. niche weird weird thing, <laughs> right? Like, ooh, who would have thought? Like, actually going somewhere yeah, and photographing yeah. like someone real. Even it's funny. Like, don't you find like even the language weird when you say like real people because you assume everything else is fake? Like, that's strange. That
0: is strange. Yeah, real um, so, they're real people, and it's and yeah. It's, we need to it's real coming people. soon. It's so yeah. fast. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Good um, question. Well, yeah. How will AI change the industry? I think we've already we've already covered that. Um, I love
1: AI, by the way. Like, I think it's oh, cool. Yeah. I, I'm not against it. I think we should accelerate
0: it. It's not photography.
1: I think the companies that are going to Congress, you know, on C-SPAN and saying like, please regulate us. They just, they want to keep the advantage that they have so that there are harsh regulations to slow down competitors. I don't really think there's like a real risk of like an ai robot killing us all or something like that i i think that's um you know what is it open ai has a competitive advantage all the tech bros do that like when they have that they're like please regulate everyone who can't afford to get to where we are now that's they're trying to scare people on purpose
0: yeah i mean it's great that it's open and it has been released to i mean it's great and i mean
1: i don't think it's that open but It's open AI is more closed AI, but anyone can use these tools. Yes, that's true. But how they, what I mean is how they structured their company is a, is a, is a walled garden. Right. Okay. But they have the competitive advantage now. So they'll beg, please don't let other, the other companies catch up to us. So impose harsh rules and regulations that we can afford as a giant company. And crush all the little people coming yeah of course that's their tactic yep. in, in in my view
0: well and the, and the technology that is that creates this these llms and this ai yeah is monopolized they're, they're, it's weird like there is nvidia is is the company that makes chips for the these this software it's like one company based in taiwan right right that's it and then and then the you know other the, you have uh I, I i can't recall the names of the companies but essentially the the everything behind ai is made by three companies which is just weird to think about so there is a control factor there i mean it's always about power and money anyway but
1: yeah if they were to regulate things then they they could crush anyone little but right now what's cool about this technology is it does give someone small the power of like 200 people so a new artist can make something that I can't even think of right now. Like we're thinking in terms of photos or graphics or something like, well, what would an artist do with a, a super human power? We're like, we're going to learn what that is. Is it a photo where it like, you know, changes every time I look at it? Is it a movie that adapts to the viewer? So we could all see the same movie, but we come out with a different mm. choose your own adventure experience um i mean right now there's the technology to watch a movie in y- your own um native language right it can bend the actor's lips and change the voice to be uh a language that you're more comfortable with right but you could have um a single movie but it could be it could have different outputs yep right F- depending on who who is watching it we might we might not even be
0: living in the same world well, I think that world is just going to become more volatile. I, I think that's what people are scared of because on one side you have AI, you know, let's say an AI capable of thinking faster and processing 100,000 times quicker yeah. than any human, you know, could be the the cure for cancer, right, in, in so many years. But conversely, it could be put it in the wrong hands and we've got nuclear war on our hands. Um,
1: so it's like... I mean, we already have that, but
0: yes. (laughs) It'll
1: it'll be like nuclear war with like way better visuals. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, 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 uh, they'll, they'll use mid journey to put out the threatening tweets that world leaders already do just like, like like the the visual of the rocket that the north koreans really mm-hmm. will just be like really high fidelity now
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and really believable
0: right uh, basically we're all fucked. um how i don't think so what is i think i um, think we'll um, right. cynic. it's okay what what is do you think is the most important question we should be asking ourselves these days as photographers because hmm. we, we talk about how photography industry needs a bit of a, a kick up the backside. Uh, w- w- how do we go about kind of addressing that? I think like, why does this matter? Yeah. Why? Yeah.
1: Why should someone care about this? Yeah. Right. Because if you force people to try to like give a shit about something, usually mm. they don't. But if something is so compelling mm. and so interesting, people will care by themselves. Like when you release a, I I think we were talking about this before when we first met, but like when you release a great project, people will gravitate toward it and you don't have to beg them to do that yep. because it's interesting because you already asked that question. Like, why does this matter? Right. So if we're going to, you know, do all this thing, if we're going to dedicate our time to something, I, I think, yes, it's it. I've been joking a lot today. I'm in a joking mood, but honestly speaking, like what we do should actually like matter. Right. So I think to answer the question, simply why does this matter? Why should people care about this?
0: Why? Yeah. Why? I mean, there's such a great question to ask anything, right? Why do you, why do you get up in the morning? Why do you, why, why? (laughs) And there's an incessant question to everything.
1: There's also who, there's also what,
0: there's also where, (laughs) sorry. Um, but yes. Why? Um, I've totally lost my, my train of thought. And that's my fault. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. one of the, one of the, I guess the, the questions that keeps coming back, whichever podcast I do, whoever I speak to, like, and, and a lot of people, it's a different answer every time, but what, how do you define success with what you do? And, and do you define it? Is, is that important?
1: Yeah, I I think success for an artist right now is just are they able to do this thing. That's it. It it's a really low bar right now because What's it's so for it's you so though? hard.
0: What's your your
1: definition? Same? Oh, like within myself? Mm. No, because I I've always done this and I I don't have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so if I don't if I don't have this, like I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh which is good I think because it'll just, you know, light a fire under my ass to keep going. I think what's, what's successful. I mean, we're, you know, we're making visuals to put out into the world. So I I think they should really move people, right? Um, They should inspire people. Um, My book, I, I really wanted it to reframe the way that people view this particular region of the world. I really wanted to do that. That's something that really matters to me. For me my family, for everything that I've ever cared about. I really want someone to go, oh, wow, I didn't know it was like this, right? So for me, that's success is the people who come up to me and say like, before I saw this, I thought A, but now that I've seen this, I think B. So changing perceptions. You, you, yeah, you can really do that as a photographer. That's, that's what we've always done. You know, like we don't have to, you know, cure cancer or build a rocket ship to go to the moon with our job, right? We shouldn't be doing that. What we do is something different.
0: I, I I at least that <laughs> like right and i think well i think you've you've explained how you do that over the last however long we've been talking but in terms of your process and the the greater narrative of a of a series or a book is is a book something you think you'll always do with your photography or do you think that was a
1: i am very proud of it i think it's a marker of success I, I'm not going to sure. lie and be falsely humble. I really am happy that that's being, you know, spread all sold over. It's well? sold very well. It's being spread all over the world so that if a certain region of the planet destructs, like my book will still be in some other place. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like a decentralized node. No, but honestly speaking, um, yeah, it, I think it's a measure of success. Everybody wants to, you know, spread their work ar- around and have it in the care of other people to protect it. So in in that sense, it does become somewhat immortalized. A book is helpful to do that. If I had to hoard everything I ever did on a hard drive, well, it takes one generation, then all that's going to be gone. So I I, th- I think that is a good measure of success. I, I don't think every project uh, has to be a book. It's just one measure of doing something that matters to photographers because there's still a um, a yearning for a physical object.
0: Yeah. So the 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 important thing is then to leave a legacy.
1: Uh no, I think it's like just uh to be a very good person and navigate through life just not being a piece of shit basically. If you can do that then you'll succeed as a as a person, right? Like yeah, I I I don't really care about leaving a legacy. Um I do want my work to like, you know, live longer than me, right? But you know, at the end of the day if you start, if you start, you know, seeing the the world as like, oh, what about my legacy? I think you're going to be continually disappointed. You you should be in it when you're in it, you know? And yes, I'm going to do things that spread my work around. I'm like very satisfied with that, but I, I don't really think about, um, when, at least when I'm like making the thing, I I don't want to be so attached to something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's just too much um, pressure. It's just, it's not going to result in good work for someone like myself. Interesting. Like, after this interview and the praise you've given me, like I should go and find someone who's gonna like yell at me and bring me down. Just pack go on Twitter. For, yeah, fine. Right, yeah, sure. <laughs> I should, I should find someone that's gonna.
0: No, because I, I mean, I fall into the trap of, I mean, maybe it's I kind of overanalyze myself, but at 40 years old, and you know, we're not having children or anything, and I think there's, there's a part of me that wants to leave something behind. If that makes sense, you know most people they'll have a family and go, well, that's my legacy, right? It's like I I see my photography in terms of I want to create a body of work by the time I'm whatever age. Hopefully, I'm old when I die and look back on and go, that's kind of what I've left to the world. It's kind of my love letter to the to the world. Yeah,
1: I I believe in all of that, but also like, what about right now? You're doing it right now. That's enough.
0: Mm. The process is. I tell this. Well, I, I have conversations about this with other photographers all the time. Like the end result is great, but actually the amount of times I take photos and just leave them on my computer, I don't even start edits for months just because a, I'm a bit lazy, but, but B like, I'm not so bothered about that. I've, I come back off a week's project or something and have, ha- I've had the best time. Like the process yeah, like is what if way more important.
1: Like, you don't, I don't think you want to be shooting somewhere and be thinking like, what about my legacy? Like it's going (laughs) to, it's going to take you out of it. Like you should be there and be present and just think like, this is amazing that I could even do this. Yeah. But when you, but when
0: you, you know, I remember when we first met you, you, you were advising me to think more overarching about the body of work that you do and what the, 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 how to piece a story or a narrative together right? And, and the impact of that. That's true. And I, I still, I find that really difficult. And I think, that's what separates good photographers from from great photographers, in my opinion. I I I, I agree. Yeah, it's. I know, for, I, I know. I told you that, but I also <laughs> you agree with yourself. I also yeah. agree with,
1: with 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 that. But it's just like, you, you know, everything should. I I do take the long term perspective on everything that I do because yes, it's going to help your work. It's just like, like what if you did a project where it was like really great, but it wasn't as good as the last project that you did. Mm. Like, would that still be okay or not? Okay. To me, I think that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's good to ramp it up and it's good to continually grow. But sometimes like in my view, you're like with those kind of expectations, you're never going to be happy. But also define good.
0: You know, it's like, is good like the experience you've had or you know, you put <laughs> an image next to another image? It's like, yeah you know, I don't know what is anything yeah, what about is any job what is how,
1: life? how's it, what is that? <laughs> no but like how are you gonna find satisfaction like you should be able to find satisfaction in any moment or anything that you do right like like um what if you um packed groceries for a living perfectly fine job like you you should be able to 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 the fulfillment is like separate from that yep. you know mm-hmm so like when you're going around the world as a photographer, like I, I don't see it as like a, like a high, high mind, like high, higher than thou thing. It's just, it, you should be able to like, if this is the only thing I'm ever going to do, like, that's okay. I That's how I think. Yeah, absolutely. Of course I care. And I want to spread my book around. I want to promote it. I want, I want, I want, I want, but it's just. If you become holding on to that forever, I don't think you're ever going to make anything anyway. You, you got to kind of like let go sometimes. Does that make sense? For sure. Yeah.
0: And it But it depends on the goal of what you're trying to achieve, right? I mean, if your goal is, I speak to some guys and go, well, I do photography because I treat it like a business. Literally, I want to make the most amount of money from it. Yeah. Are they the best photographers in the world? That's not for me to, to say. Right. Yeah. That's, that's not, a different but, school of thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it depends on you know. There's so many nuances within that, right? So, yes. Yeah.
1: Well, there's a lot of different people who drive a car: there's a race car driver, yep. a taxi cab driver, yeah. Um, me trying to park.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But they all use a car, but the, those are different jobs. Yep.
0: Okay, um, I think we've solved the world's problems. There, there are a few more kind of conversation cards here. I like to, I like to ask. Some of them are, I guess, a little bit more uh, not personal, but a little bit. A little less to do with photography.
1: How many podcasts does it take to, to save the world?
0: <laughs> yes. I've oh, done it
1: already. Just one. Just this is one.
0: <laughs> um, what is one thing that you would do if you weren't afraid at all?
1: I like that's a great. W- did that come from? Uh, no,
0: no, no. These are my questions. Okay. No, no, the, 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 uh, we finished the Instagram ones.
1: Oof. I love that. That's a good question. If I wasn't afraid, let me think what I'm the most afraid of. I think I would allow the more goofy side of me bleed into my work because I like I make serious work. We have fun while we're doing it, but I do wonder like what it would look like if um, that Instagram person that asked like, why isn't nobody smiling? What if I just let go a little bit of the restraint that I practice? I would like to see what happens. Interesting. Yeah. Good answer. Thanks.
0: Um oh God. This is this is yeah, I'm not gonna ask that one. What are you clear about now that one year ago you didn't know? I could probably answer that for you, I think.
1: When you look at this graphic, do you see a bunny or someone being murdered? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Uh, what, sorry, what was the, what was the question?
0: What, what are you clear about now that one year ago you didn't know?
1: Um, okay. I, okay. I understand. Um, maybe it's not a year, but let's say the last few years would be no one will ever care about your own project as much as you, no matter how you convince them, no matter how much you explain, most people don't pay attention and you have to constantly like repeat things and that's okay. Okay. And no one, don't assume anyone has been paying attention. Even if they're like your, your biggest follower or whatever, don't assume that that person like knows anything that you keep inside of your head.
0: Because most
1: people are living their own lives.
0: Everyone is in yeah. their own head, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very difficult to find true kind of understanding and empathy in this world. Um, which is not not a. That's I don't just, expect it. No, no, from of course people, not.
1: Just, But just don't assume that ev- people know everything that you've ever done or that you're doing. Like most people who even follow me at a very close level, like it's understandable that like I think they know more than they might about what I do. Does that make sense? So just it's okay to. That's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. One reason why I like these conversations. Hopefully, we can pull something out that. Maybe someone didn't know about you, but, and that's actually, I've said a lot
1: of things that I, on this podcast, I've never said on a podcast before. So that's good. Okay,
0: Cool. What, And on, on the same lines, actually, um, tell us something about yourself that no one knows and might be surprised to know about you. Then I'll stop putting you on the spot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're willing to share.
1: Yeah. I just have to think of something that that's okay to share. Okay, I got it. Okay, I love the Aqua album that has the Barbie Girl song. On it. <laughs> I don't
0: know why I'm laughing. I love it too. Really, well, I love the I love the Barbie Girl song.
1: Yeah, can um, I? Can I? Don't I, think
0: I know the album.
1: Yeah, well, the Barbie Girl song is great, but can I? Can I ask you something? Mm. Do you think like that that band is like in on the joke? Like they know? Like they're ironically making that music, or, or is it like? because they, they they have like other songs on the album that were like big hits when i was gr- like a kid gr- growing up like i am the candy man mm-hmm. <laughs> b- bounty land, right and then they have another one dr jones dr, dr. Jones, jones right now yeah. oh, so okay good. i listened to, to that and non-ironically i i really like it but i do listen to it and ask myself like are, are they in on it and like it's like like pop music designed to be stupid be, and they don't care, or is it just like they thought that that's like a great? No, I see. I I beg to differ. This is a good good uh, topic. But what I think is they could be such great artists <laughs> that like they're in on it, and they're make like they're ironically making the best pop songs that they know are great, but they're mindful and knowing that it's kind of trash, but that it's like likable.
0: I probably actually probably think it's a bit of both. Yeah, yeah. I I think they they knew it was trendy at the time. We're talking '90s, right? Mid '90s. Yeah, like, yeah, mid to late '90s. Yeah. I think they knew that was kind of the the genre to to be popular in. But yeah, they they can't not know that is that it is what it is, as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, but is there a deeper wormhole about it though? Like, is there? Okay, like, let me explain you something, like, about the Barbie Girl song. Like, when it was released, Mattel tried to sue the band. Nah, right, because, you know, it's not good for, like, a toy company. It's Mm -hmm. like, you can touch me there and dress me everywhere. Like, they're trying to sell, like, toys. Like, that's, like, not uh, a good thing to look like you endorse. Even publicly, I guess they chose to do a lawsuit that they are going to lose because it's artistic freedom to say what you want and make a parody, right? Which the song is, I think. So they like Mattel, the owner of Barbie, did a lawsuit against them, which they know they couldn't win, probably just to say we don't like this. But now, the song is sampled for the Barbie Girl soundtrack. So is this is Aqua a Giant art project? <laughs> I think it is. If it I think is, it might be the most genius.
0: Yeah. I think I think it is. I mean, they, they must be rolling in it now. I mean, that song has been sampled many many times, right? Even before the the movie, which has been a great success. Um, yeah, good. I I can honestly say I've never thought about that before. Yeah. And like, if
1: you went to the MoMA and yeah. the video was installed on a beautiful screen, you would look at it as an art piece. Yeah, right? definitely. I I think. Yeah. I would
0: maybe the visuals not like the, as not a, the no, audio no but
1: as a self-aware art piece I, I think it's self-aware <laughs> okay like just just watch it or I don't know get as high as you can and watch it <laughs> I was gonna say will you your <laughs> mushrooms you uh, I don't know but just that's something that people don't know about me okay. that I love
0: that album <laughs> great <laughs> thanks <laughs> I've never had that answer before that's awesome Um, all right, well, we'll start wrapping things up, but, um, uh, for, for someone as, as prominent as you in the industry, I'd love to hear even for me, but I know a lot of people watching and listening would, would just love to take bits of specific advice from you, especially for people starting out and just Mm -hmm. saying lots of love for you out there. Like, I want to be like Joey. Oh, he's my favorite photographer. How do I, how, where do I, you know, I've got a camera. What do I do?
1: in my opinion is, um, you know, where, where people's eyeballs are is always changing. So I was describing, um, magazine photography was dying when I first started f- photography and there was kind of an oh no moment. Cause I had shot for a lot of magazines mm-hmm. that were dying around me, but you know, people's eyeballs are always in different places. And with that comes opportunity for a visual artist, right? So The advice that I have for uh, new people starting out is, if you look at everything collapsing around us, it gives the impression that everything is going away. And it is, but only the old ways of doing things. And where people's eyes are now are new opportunities. And there's a lot of kind of new use cases for photographers. There's a lot of like new exciting things going on. So The reason why I've like, I think you've been the doomer of this podcast and I've been the positive one, which is like odd for me because sometimes I'm the doomer, (laughs) but I think like the way, like where things are going is there, there seems to be more opportunities than, than ever. So I would like first start just by looking at like where people's eyeballs are, where there's a need for visuals. And what I would caution against is, you know, doing things that follow paths from the past that no longer work, right? First of all, there's no actual real path to be a photographer. If we were to follow what made Annie Leibovitz a great photographer and what made her successful, um, a lot of those networks and things like, they just don't exist anymore or they're dramatically changed or they're filled with insiders that don't have the budget or capacity to reach beyond the pool of people that they already work with, right? So if you try to like emulate and copy that, it's never going to work because this um, industry is rapidly changing and rapidly moving. So I think it's just like, it's more about paying attention to the world that's around you and then inserting something inside of it that's just like high value and high effort because there's always going to be low effort things around you being used at all time Mm -hmm. and one way that you can really stand out as a photographer is like seeing what's already working with something low effort and then adding a high effort version of it in an existing market or an existing scheme or an existing pattern that's already working.
0: So where, where would you say they look? Where, where do these opportunities lie at this, at this current time?
1: In my opinion, people's eyes are on their phone. They're in, they're going to be in AR very soon. Like the glasses that people wear, the lenses that people wear, we're going to be like surrounded by different layers of the world, right? Like right now, when you see a Google review of a restaurant, it's like trapped inside of your phone. I'm sure soon enough, that's going to be floating over the restaurant. So already there was a need for images in the base layer of the world. There's people building other layers on top of the world. So it exponentially grows. So that's personally like what I'm looking at, um, and I would recommend other people getting started. Look at that too.
0: Cool. Okay. Um, if you could have any guest to join you for dinner, who would that be? Um. Alive or dead? I
1: would like to have dinner with Paul Kagame, the leader of Rwanda.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Why? Because... Um, I recently read the book, um, what is it? Land of a thousand Hills by Kinzer something. You have to fact check this, but his, his auto, his, his, not his autobiography, sorry, his biography. And he seems like a fascinating dinner guest.
0: Interesting. Yep. Well, you've been a fascinating guest. Thank, Thank you so you. <laughs> much for, for taking the time. I know it's very valuable and, um, it's I'm been very grateful. Pleasure.
1: I'm very grateful for you. I, um, i i really resonated with the question so thank you and to all the people who ask the questions thank you as well
0: excellent until next time until next thank time. you very much
1: thank you brother